This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have one of my old buddies, Kent Siler, on. And uh, Kent, you know, I don't know what struck me last night, but we had a group of, of our old buddies, us, mm-hmm. and we'd kick around and go to different places. And the, the conversation was out of this world. I just just loved all the guys. We have lost a, a number of them, and it didn't even hit me yeah, hard really until have. I was thinking about it last night. I th- um Dan, of course, and Roger, and um, they were uh, two that we really missed because of the conversations that we had, especially when Roger would be on the, his telephone. We'd be going to Miller's or something <laughs> like right. that, and I said, where did he learn those words? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, Roger, Roger and Dan uh, were both certainly characters. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you get uh, Roger fired up about something, uh, uh, he could be pretty loud and pretty colorful, couldn't he? And he, then, yeah, he was he was trying to drive the van, yell at someone on the phone, smoke a cigar, and Dan kept saying, "Roger, Roger, I, I think I, I can do this." <laughs> <laughs> and, and that cigar would kill me. Oh God, <laughs> bless his heart. He was unbelievable. We have lived a good life, haven't we? we Already. Have. I mean, it's yeah, it's been have. amazing. In the, in the the political part. Uh, we were talking about that the other day, and, and my preacher sent me a little text on how he appreciated us mentioning the fact that we're going to have disagreements, uh, especially in politics, sure. probably, and in mo- in yeah. nothing else yeah. even comes close. But no matter what happens, politics can't destroy friendship, can it? No, and it, 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 we have to work even harder now not to let that happen. But, yeah. You know, when I when I teach the students at MTSU, we go through, uh, you know, order versus liberty. Some people want more liberty. Some people want more order. Mm-hmm. Some people want a bigger government, smaller government. Those are reasonable disagreements. I mean, yeah. you can reasonably disagree on those things yeah. and not uh, vilify each other about it. I want a smaller government. I want Tennessee to succeed, secede from the union. <laughs> Is that possible? I mean, could it ever happen? Uh, no. No? <laughs> no. There, 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 there comes a lot of, like, national defense, and uh, you've got all these bills to pay for all the federal money you're going to. Yeah, it's, we just got to figure out a way for everybody to work together. Is uh, you being a top uh intelligence you're in the te- in that intelligence level that 
you can outshine almost everybody in politics because of the way that you can reach out on both sides. I mean, that's one of the, I guess that's the top reason that I'm glad that you're in teaching uh, mm -hmm. political science over at the university. I think they couldn't have got a better person, well, even though I'm a very uh, hard conservative. As no, you I, know. no, I know. I teach a lot of good conservatives. I, I, yeah. I do the, I'm the faculty sponsor for the Libertarians, <laughs> because I... How did that happen? Well, I've done it for several years. I've had a lot of good Libertarian students, and yeah. they needed someone to sponsor them so they could get space and, you know, advise them. So yeah. I'm, I'm doing my second hitch at that. They know I'm not a Libertarian, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, I've got a lot of really good students with diverse opinions. I think it, I brought one of the Libertarians on the show once. You but, did? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, you had at one time uh, three different types. You, mm -hmm. had, you had a liberal, then you had a, a conservative, and then you had well, kind of a middle of the road yeah, yeah, at that yeah. time. And uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the more liberal uh, individual, one of the guys, he was very strong in his opinions. And, uh, of course... I would have to smile at him a little bit, and then he he would um, get a little angry, and then he'd talk about some other things. And and I said, one thing you, I want you to remember because of this conversation, when you get to be 50 years old and you have lived a life seeing everything that goes on, I said, I want you to remember this conversation if you still have the same thoughts uh, about what's going on in this country. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we, we get strong on one particular belief or the other, and age seems to change that as you see what the world is really like. Yeah, I think age uh, digs us in more, which yeah. I don't know that is necessarily good overall but yeah. it's <clears throat> we do as we get older i think our views get stronger and get more it, it it there's a there's a graphic i'll show my students where in when you're young and you've got a circle that's an opinion it's pretty thin and things mm -hmm. can get in yeah <laughs> as we get older it gets thicker and thicker and thicker and it gets hard harder for new ideas to to break through and some of that's because we're maybe um, wiser, but other parts of it is because we're maybe more belligerent. So, and you don't try to change them. You you just uh, you bring everything on the table. Yeah, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah, it, there's no what the theme I have in class is. You know, I'm not there to indoctrinate you. Mm -hmm. I, I'm there to teach you. Here's the way the country started. Here's why the Republicans are doing this right now. Here's why the Democrats are doing that. We we look at it strategically, mm -hmm. not emotionally, and and we don't argue about who's right or who's wrong. There's a there's enough of that out there. Tennessee's a pretty conservative state <laughs> overall. It is, and, and of course you yes, have different is. sections. Yeah. Uh, the thing that's going on right now, there is a large movement coming from other states into Tennessee yeah. and predominantly Middle Tennessee and, mm -hmm. and especially Rutherford County right now. And um, I know we, we were in the Wall Street Journal not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, I saw the first front page. Everybody yeah. is wanting to come to Rutherford County yeah. because of everything that it offers. Do you think that movement is because it's very difficult 
for some people to make it in, say, in the more liberal states like California and New York. And we all know that the larger cities are where most of the liberalism lives. Then you get into the Midwest and, and especially the Southeast and even the Southwest now. Uh, they seem to be the biggest attraction for those people who want to leave those particular states. And Tennessee's right at the top, which is amazing. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a couple of things going on in Rutherford County and David. So, you know, we, we got the last census. Yeah. Um, Rutherford County, I think, gained what, 79,000 or so, and yeah. Davidson County gained almost 80. But that's amazing that we were that close to Davidson County. Uh, so numerically, those are the two fastest growing counties in the state. Yeah. I think we're only 25, 30,000 behind Hamilton County now. But it's interesting to look at the Rutherford County. People moving to Rutherford County are coming from a couple of different places. There, yeah. there are people moving into the state from other, you know, to Rutherford County, from California and New York, wherever it might be. We're, yeah, honestly, uh, people are tired of, to some extent, of the cost of living, mm -hmm. taxation. Um, you know, if you've got a local income tax, a state income tax, and a federal income tax, you're not, you're, you don't get to keep a lot of your money sometimes. So, yeah. so Tennessee is certainly uh, uh, better for them for that. Uh, COVID has changed some things where people can work from virtually anywhere. A lot of people can work mm -hmm. from anywhere they want. But we're also getting a lot of people here from other places in Tennessee. Uh, a lot of people from rural Tennessee <clears throat> are starting to move here. If you look at our, look at the map of who grew and who didn't, mm -hmm. these rural counties are really struggling. We've talked about it before. They, you know, f uh, they've seen a lot of their industry leave, not only because of NAFTA. Let me just get that in before you bring it up. Um, <clears throat> I'm not on an attack mode today, <laughs> no, big boy. I, I know. I just <laughs> wanted to preempt you. Yeah. <clears throat> but... But, you know, it's just, it's just been tough for people living in rural parts of America. Yeah. And those counties have either been stagnant or lost, lost, you know, population. Mm -hmm. The seven fastest growing counties in Tennessee are all in Middle Tennessee. It's, you know, it's Rutherford, Williamson, uh, Wilson, Sumner, Montgomery. Murray, which is kind of interesting, Columbia starting to to pop some. Yeah, uh, I was there recently, and it has really changed. Yeah, I was there with the weekend visiting a friend, and it sure has. And uh, sixty-six percent of Tennessee's growth came in those seven counties in Middle mm -hmm. Tennessee. <clears throat> so this is the booming area, and uh, like I said, it yes, it's it's escaping um, taxation and poor standard of living in some places, mm -hmm. but it's also a lot of our own people uh, moving to, to Middle Tennessee. Well, I, I was, the last uh, census uh, kind of woke me up, but, but what's going on right now, especially with the housing industry, it's driving the cost through the roof because of the people that are moving here. That's not a big deal. For them, uh, especially if they're coming mm -hmm. from the major cities like you know L.A., San Francisco, uh, New York, people are wanting to get the heck out of those particular places because it, it, it's 
it's just not comfortable for them anymore. And the political, uh, uh, I don't know if you could call it damages or, or, or whatever, but uh, uh, there's a lot of places suffering right now because there's such a, um, an amazing difference in the opinions of people at what's going on in this country right now. And I think that's a large part of it because uh, uh, there's nothing changes changing right now as far as being able to work together with the things that are going on. Yeah, there's, um, as we said at the beginning of the broadcast, it's harder and harder uh, to get along with someone who has a different political opinion yeah. and, and we've got to work beyond that we 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 you know it's almost like you've got to understand that well we've got a lot of other things in common we agree on a lot of other things but you know pol- this we just don't agree on this subject so yeah. we're just not going to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> so there there goes our conversation That's we right. can talk about anything <laughs> <laughs> except you and I we can talk about it yeah but that uh, Sometimes friendship just takes over, mm-hmm. and then you, you, you become more aware of, of those type of harmful uh, uh, conversations are really not going to work. And, no, and, and, that's, no. and, and that's what's going on in Washington right now. Um, I can remember, you and I remember the days when uh, there would be uh, just a total impasse on the things that you're working on in Washington, and, and then all of a sudden uh, you think nobody's ever going to get together on this, but doggone, they they would. Mm-hmm. And, and we're at, at an impasse right now with um, the two political uh, groups, the Democrats and the Republicans. Uh, they just can't seem to... to cross over that bridge anymore no they, they can and it, it's it's been this way for you know the last 20 years almost yeah <clears throat> but it does keep getting worse what and, drove it that way ken uh, you know more than I, most of us i've sat through and, and understand i'm hearing from democrats yeah. so you know I, bart gordon was my boss for yeah. 26 years uh i've got We've been able to recruit a guy named Jim Free, who was in the Carter White House and is a great MTSU graduate. He's a visiting professor now. Um, But we also have Beth Harwell. So I've heard former Speaker Harwell talk about it. And, you know, it's I think as the population has gotten more polarized, a lot of times we don't allow people to be bipartisan because if let's take Scott Desjolais for example Mm -hmm. our congressman here Scott Desjolais if he suddenly starts working with the Biden administration even on a good piece of legislation he's worried that in the next Republican primary someone's going to challenge him from his right Mm -hmm. saying he's not conservative enough he works for Joe works with Joe Biden same way with a Republican are a Democrat trying to work with the Republican caucus on something. They're worried that in the next primary, somebody will, like in Jim Cooper, is people, Jim Cooper is being challenged from the left by a progressive because they say he's not liberal enough for Nashville. Mm -hmm. 
And so there's very little wiggle room. <clears throat> but the way, we, the way I've heard people tell me over and over again, the way we got there was that a lot of the Newt Gingrich in 1994 mm -hmm. did that Republican revolution, kind of burned down a lot of the traditions of people staying together and doing things. There was kind of a social life of Democrats and Republicans being friends, mm -hmm. and that has slowly eroded. And the people I talk with that are still in D.C. and in Congress say, yeah, it's awful that you basically, the sides don't even talk to each other. Now, there are exceptions, but a lot of that camaraderie has just disappeared, and it shows up in their work. It, it, of course, the, the, those <laughs> things are always on both sides, but it seems like the young, uh, growing Democrats right now, uh, like, um, I can't, what is it, old something or another? AOC. Yeah, AOC. She doesn't really make any sense, but yet she has a following of people that are growing stronger and stronger. And then, and then you've got the older ones. Uh, why come the Democrat names are always coming in my mind? I just, I'm having a hard <laughs> you, you, time. You've been repressing them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody like Pelosi, who is older, mm -hmm. quite a bit older, and... Uh, I have a hard time with, I'm, I'm not going into one side or the other, but I'm having a hard time. Of course, Bart was in office for a long time, and I never worried about that. But I am now worried about people, and I know this is never going to change because they're the only ones that can change it. That I don't really want any of them to be there more than two terms. And I think you know why I feel that mm -hmm. way. And uh, there's too much power. The longer you stay there, the more entrenched you're going to be. And, and uh, a lot of times voters, uh, what, who, who was it? Uh, uh, Winston Churchill said, the only negative thing about a democracy is the voters. <laughs> because right now, it's hard for people to find the information that they need to decide on which side to vote for in any particular yeah. type situation. It, it is, and, and we don't, we, we, we stopped looking at just the individual or even local issues. Yeah. We don't, we, we, Washington or who's president really colors everything we do. Yeah. It, you know, if, if you're running for sheriff of Rutherford County, well, are they a Democrat or Republican? Yeah. And if they're Republican, you go, well, good, I like Trump. I'm going to vote for him or her. You and I saw that in oh, 2010. God. And yeah. uh, you and Bart came over and said, we knew you was going to get beat, Truman, because <laughs> they're, they're not voting for you or yeah. against you. They're yeah. voting for the party. Yeah. And I've always said, the party should not be part of local politics no, not at, at all. all. Yeah, if you like what's going on in Washington, yeah, and you think it's working well, just bring that same partisanship to local government. You yeah. Know? yeah, that's one thing we have going for us. In some ways, it, we aren't that partisan. But people, rather than read the local paper or listen to the radio station here and learn what their sheriff's doing or their county court clerk or whoever it may be, they yeah. just 
they watch cable news and basically whatever whatever information they get about what's happening in Washington they they'll do it all the way down the ballot so yeah. that's not that's not we sh- the way we should elect people uh, uh, I don't know which one of us is in the gun site right now, but we got a caller on okay, it's a- Caller, welcome aboard with Kent Siler. Mr. Siler, how you doing? I'm good, good. How are I you? just want to ask you, I didn't know if you, you and Truman knew this. Do, do, do you, I know you know um, who Chuck Grassley is, correct? Sure, oh yeah. Did, did, did you know he announced re-election again? He's 88 years old. Yeah. He's going for, he's going for his like, seventh or eighth term in, in the Senate. What do you think about him, Truman? Think he ought to retire? You think he'd be a senator at 100? I think, I think he should have been retired a long time ago. <laughs> okay, we lost him. We lost him. Yeah. yeah. I think, Truman, you know, we can talk about term limits, and, I, you know, we were there 26 years, so I'm yeah. somewhat biased on this. Uh, you know, we ran every two years. Yeah. Now, there's certainly there were advantages and stuff. Uh, but Chuck Grassley, as long as the people in what well, he's Kansas, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah, as long as the people there want to keep voting for him and returning him, uh, it's hard to argue to some extent with that. Now, now you, but you have to take in consideration: uh, are they just stuck in neutral, and they're going to yeah, have to do this yeah. every time? Just because his name comes up, they're going to put him in. Yeah, it, it's hard to, to figure out. And then the other, the other part of it is it, it, there's no guarantee that we're going to be sending better people there. there. There's a comedian that says, junk in, junk out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we just, if we replace one ineffective person with another ineffective person, only less experienced, I, I, you know, that, that's a, a worry too. I mean, I can, I can go either way on this argument, but I'm not totally disagreeing with you, but... Uh, but they they kind of lose their touch with the home people, no matter how you look at it. Everything that they hear is going on in Washington itself, whether it be the news people or the elected people or whatever. That's the only thing that they're uh, focusing on. Now, the people that elect them and put them in there, see, that's what gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you, uh, and Bart and, and you, a lot of times you would go to the, the neighborhood meetings and, and, uh, uh, I, I remember he had a group, Bart, uh, had a good personality, but he had a group of people that pretty much serviced the community that elected him there. And you always, you always reached out to the people, uh, no matter what the question is. A lot of us would, just like where I was working, uh, people would call me and ask me, could uh, they put in a good word for themselves because they were hurting in some areas and they couldn't find out how in the world to contact people that that could help them with whichever problem it was. And, and most of the time, I would call you. You would get one of uh, your people that could reach out, no matter what the the problem was. You yeah. could reach out and take care of it. And and that was a major strength of when you and Bart and all of them were in, because you took care of their local problems. Um, that's not something that that I see much anymore. 
It, it depends on where you are. I, I think a lot of a lot of members of the House and Senate uh, work very hard to stay in touch because they know most people feel after a few years that if somebody's going to run against them, they'll run against them because they lost touch. Do they vote that way? And yeah, and and well, they vote. You know, we're so po we're so most people represent either real red districts or real blue districts. Mm -hmm which is a problem on getting together. We had a, we had a moderate, we had a purple district, you know, so we knew if we went too far left, we'd get voted out. So that kept us working with the Republicans. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have many of those districts, those swing districts anymore. But, you, you know, you talk about going to Washington and staying and stuff. I've had some of the old Washington people tell my class when I brought them in, when they asked me, asked, when they're asked the question, you ask me about why are we so divided, mm -hmm. they say it's because people come home too much. That that some of these new whoa, yeah, who in the world is saying yeah, that? Let me, let me give me a second. Yeah. Give me a second. <laughs> they say what they say is is that a lot of these new members don't even buy houses there. They live maybe with a in an apartment with a half dozen people. They're there three days a week while they vote. Some of them sleep in their office. And then they head home, mm -hmm. and they don't get to know any of the people they work with in D.C. as as they used to. A lot of times before, their children were in the same schools. They were, you know, they were living a little bit more normal life there, like mm -hmm. we do in this community, yeah. and they'd get to know each other. But again, I've heard that from two or three that were there when it was done that way, and they think that's the reason that no one works together so polarized. Oh, thank goodness for that music. <laughs> it just came on. We'll be right back with Kent Slater. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, my name is Patrick Garland, and I love living here at Adams Place because ever since I came here, I feel I'm part of a new family. The people here are fantastic, the employees as well as the residents. I'm meeting so many wonderful people, and I just enjoy every single day. I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of writing, research. I have invited my friends to come to Adams Place to visit and see what it offers. Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, fellas, it's Scott. I want to encourage you to make your health a priority. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They're reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so you know all the numbers important to your health. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness, 
They're one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have a lack of motivation and drive, or have noticed weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center will help you determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with their quick and easy health assessment and is covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for us men. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. To schedule your health assessment, go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The annual Puppy Plunge will take place this weekend at the Sportscom Outdoor Pool. Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Director Nate Williams explains. Coming to the end of the dog days of summer, we're going to provide a day for the dogs at the pool. So this is our Puppy Plunge at Sportscom. This is something we've done for a long time, and it is completely free. We'll have it fenced in and a place for the dogs, and it is one of the most adorable things you've ever seen. Some of the dogs can jump off the diving board and do all kinds of stuff. The event is this Saturday at the Sportscom Outdoor pool from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. A civil lawsuit being filed against the Catholic Diocese of Nashville and St. Rose of Lima Church in Murfreesboro. The suit alleges that despite being aware, nobody stopped repeated sexual assaults and sexual exploitations of a child from 2014 through 2017, including inappropriate behavior on church property. Michael Lewis was indicted by a grand jury in June for statutory rape and sexual battery by an authority figure. The suit says Lewis groomed and assaulted the victim when she was in middle school. No one was hurt after a man allegedly fired a handgun in the air during the Stewart's Creek High School football game Friday. The gunfire seemed to stem from a juvenile and her adult sister fighting other juveniles in the parking lot at the opposite end of the football field. School resource officers identified the shooter as 18-year-old Malik Gilmore of Smyrna. He was charged with reckless endangerment and possession of a weapon on school grounds, booked into the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center, and released on a $12,000 bond. Socialize with us on social media. Log on to Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio or follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the east to 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy, alone near 64. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 60. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn, pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Kent Seiler. And uh, uh, while he was doing his math, <laughs> um, we the redistricting 
the change in population, uh, the growth here, yeah. is changing everything right now, isn't it? It, it is. And uh, we talked about earlier how the mid-state has grown compared to other parts of Tennessee and, mm -hmm. and really particularly Rutherford County and Davidson and those surrounding counties. So yeah. as redistricting uh, comes up and reapportionment for the state legislature, you're going to be seeing uh, legislators moved from rural parts of Tennessee to this part of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Rutherford County is in line to pick up a whole house, state house seat, yeah. uh, quite a bit of a, another Senate seat. And then it's going to the new, uh, the new congressional district is going to be very, very much centered on Rutherford County if they keep it together. I, yeah. I can't imagine that they would split. Who makes that decision? It's all done by the state legislature. Oh. And the state legislature uh, gets to to reapportion, and the majority party has the power. That's mm -hmm. where we get uh, gerrymandering. And, 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 you know, again, Democrats did it. Republicans do it. Uh, but they will try to draw these districts <clears throat> for the benefit of the Republican candidates. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's happening right now. They've been having some, uh, they do have a bipartisan commission in the legislature that, that is working on it. They've asked for input, uh, but ultimately it will come down to political power and, um, and they'll draw them. What's the time limit on that? They, the qualifying deadline to run for office next year is April. Mm -hmm. So they will need it done by then because in 2022, we will be running in these new districts. It generally what happens, the legislature will convene in January, mm -hmm. and this will be one of the first things on the agenda. So January, February, they'll be dealing with redrawing these districts, get some final districts, get them voted in, and then candidates will have a month or so to figure out if they want to qualify for the primary. Yeah. and run. I'm sure you have a handle on all this. Um, when people, the the, uh, the way that the voting is set up in each state, mm -hmm. uh, I know a, a lot of times we will be looking at how the voting uh, is conducting, conducted, and sometimes it sounds like we're so far apart each state is on what they will allow and what they will not allow. Mm -hmm. How come that is not pretty much preset for each state of, and, and how it's going to be managed? The, 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 I guess, Constitution and the federal government leave holding elections up to the states. It's mm -hmm. a state responsibility. Now, you can't, you can't deny someone their constitutional rights, mm -hmm. but as long as you don't do that uh, and you run free elections, states have a lot of leeway in how they set up and run their elections. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, federalism allows states to do a lot of things that kind of match their population and what their people may want. So it does work generally pretty well, but um, you know Tennessee's been tried to be innovative a few times, and you know I think this next election um, we'll be able to vote at any precinct we want to. Uh, we won't be assigned to just you know Siegel Middle for me. 
if I want to go over and vote at Reeves Rogers while I'm at work, I can run over and do that yeah. on election day, even not just early vote. I think that's one of the things that bothers me the most, though. We're not able to um, manage uh, the polls like we used to as far as making sure that one group or another is not doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. And we've seen it in the last couple of elections where uh, the whole country gets really upset uh, about the, the mail-in votes and, and all of those things and how they're controlling them. And, well, they, and, the, peop had, <laughs> and the people in each one of those particular <laughs> sections uh, may not have been as reliable as they should have well, been. Well, they, they had the upsetter-in-chief kind yeah. of leading that <laughs> cheer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I oh, I know you're not talking about the one that's elected right now. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the other one. But, uh, you know, Truman, no. it, it, it is... Um, <laughs> you know, answer. we can't even agree on that one. <laughs> now, well, here's my thing. Yeah. I, I, every two years... My job and how I fed my family depended on the election. Yeah, I I was kept up many nights worried about things. Yeah, the integrity of the vote was never one of them. Yeah, I I you know I may have been naive. I don't think so though, because the people who run these elections, there's a Democrat and Republican in every place. Yeah, they are conscientious. They're serious, and they don't want to go to jail. Yeah. You know, it's hard enough to get someone to put a bumper strip on you, on your car, mm -hmm. to get them to commit fraud and potentially go to prison, even if you wanted to. But most of these people are, are, you know, try to run these things in an honest way. Yeah. Um, why why are, uh, are the younger people now, uh, when they vote, uh, they have very little... Uh, information on which way to go. They haven't lived um, part of their lives uh, w with them being in control. They're making a uh, go out and working somewhere and uh, seeing how the other folks live, you might say. And uh, it seems like the younger people now are... Uh, moving in directions that it's harder for us older people, you might say, to understand what's going on with them. Now, you see that in your class. Um, the people who go into uh, your class, the mm -hmm. political science yeah. uh, yeah. uh are do you feel like they're more aware of what's going on in, in this country, or are they more one-sided in how they feel the in which direction our country should go because i'm seeing i'm seeing so much uh, upheaval uh just like i know you you're not a person that wants to see all these statues come down you're you're one of these people that you believe in our history whether it was a bad thing or a good thing uh and, and it's hard to put yourself in those particular uh, times, uh, in the early times, say in the 1800s all the way up to today's date, you, you can't live in those times if you've lived in times like we have because everything changes mm -hmm. from generation to generation. 
that that uh, I, I I don't understand. I mean, over at the university, you know, we had a decision on on a certain general here, mm-hmm. and, and uh, my thoughts were completely different than the thoughts of the university, which is in the middle of of our uh, community. And sometimes I think. Uh, we were just talking about getting along and those things. If it's something that becomes a heated uh, discussion, in a lot of cases, we have to let that go and just just remember with some logical conversation. I remember the first time it was brought up mm-hmm. uh, about Nathan Bedford Forrest. It really got heated, but it was just a few individuals that did it and there was a big meeting and the rutherford county uh citizens that that they had deep roots here they came forward and explained what exactly happened uh during the time that there was uh, a a conflict going on Mm -hmm. here in our community and and what that individual did and could explain the whole history of that one individual the people that were protesting, you couldn't hear anything because of them using four-letter words and hollering and screaming at them. And there was no logic at all to the things that they were saying. And now it's being brought up again. That seems to be something that's really aggravating the people who love their community, um, um, look at the history of it. They're very... They're very conscious of the history that went on. Not that they, not they, that they had a, a negative feeling against the people um, that uh, some of the, the groups that are pushing it, but they wanted them to understand the things that went on during those times, and none of us lived during that particular period that it was going on. But just like Robert E. Lee was one of the... Uh, one of the people that I admired the most because he was asked to lead the North uh, in, in, in their particular army. And he said, he said, I can't do it because I live in the state of Virginia mm-hmm. and I have to support the state that I live in. And, but yet now they're, they're tearing down all of his statues and all the other people that were involved what is the feeling, well, your feeling on those particular situations? And I'm, I don't want to put you in trouble because I know that you yeah, work I, over there. Well, I'll talk about the student. You know, I guess you're talking about student activism to yeah. some extent and yeah. young people. But, uh, but I don't know how many of them were actually students. But surely MTSU students did not act that way, I wouldn't think. Well, you know, there's there's ways to there's ways to protest and make your opinion. Right. We, we saw it at these mask, you know, these mask meetings. We've yeah. seen people on get out of hand and, and not treat people well. Yeah. If we don't listen to each other, we really don't know what's going on. So we yeah. do need to listen to each other. I, I, if, if we did, and we talked about how students, you know, how students, what are their political opinions today and stuff. You know, I have a mixed group of students. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, most of my students are, are, are a lot of them are Tennesseans. A lot of them are from red counties. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, you know, they bring those beliefs with them. Uh, I've got other students who uh, are part of 
there, I think there is on the young end right now, and I've seen both sides of it. I've mm-hmm. seen when I started teaching at MTSU in 2001 as an adjunct, 2002, mm-hmm. uh, most of my students were Republicans because that was kind of where things were with the young people then. Yeah. They're a little more diverse, probably a little more left-leaning now. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is a lot of them, it, a, a lot of their, and then when I was in college, Reagan made everybody a Republican. You know, they all loved Reagan. Yeah. It, it, the president has a lot to do with that. Uh, and I, I, a, lot of my, a lot of the young people aren't necessarily that fond of President Trump. Um, so that is kind of coloring what's going on with that group right now. As far as just activism, you know, if, uh, if, if change were left to you and I, Nothing would ever change, yeah. Because we get we get set in our ways. Uh, young people are generally the ones pushing change, sometimes for the good, sometimes maybe not. But it is what kind of moves things. Uh, and and the forest the forest thing. A lot of people at MTSU feel that he really had a lot to do with the community here but not necessarily on campus. I don't think we, anyone's going to ever agree on what his history was. And because and I've, I've, tr- I've heard, I know, uh, I know where you're going, and I know what that history is. Um, and then I'll talk to someone else, and, and it's just the total opposite. But, but again, so if you can't even agree on the facts, it gets to be a real problem. And so part of what we've tried to do, and you know, Bart, we worked the battle, we've done all kinds, we, we value Civil War history. Mm-hmm. And we think it's, it's, it was an important part of the community. It's something that we, you know, we learned from. Uh, we did a lot of work at Oakland's and, and interpreting there, and part of Forest Raid was mm-hmm. there at the courthouse. We've been trying to interpret in good historic fair terms this is who he was, or, or this is, you know, this is who he was, and this is why it's important here. This mm-hmm. is what he did at Oakland. This is what he did on the town square. And I think that kind of history is very important for everybody. But try to interpret it where it happened um, and, not, and not give opinion on it. <laughs> so the, the thing that gets me is most people, when they go come to MTSU, <coughs> for an education they don't know who in the heck nathan bedford forrest was no i'll guarantee you hardly anybody over there knew and you just had a small group of people uh shouting as loud as they could to get attention uh, that's that's pretty much where it goes in those type of protests so why would we let a few people come in and change our complete um uh, way of looking at history here when we have knowledge of what went on during that time but the, the, they're new people on the scene they don't have a clue who Nathan Bedford Forrest yeah. and, and, and even the president of the university doesn't even have yeah, a clue I, I think the and again, I haven't done any poll on this. If I had to guess, tell, I'd, tell me if I'm pu- pushing you in a corner. No, not at all. I don't want to do that. No, not at I don't want to do that. I, I have nothing to do with that yeah. subject, as you know. But yeah. but if I had to guess, I would say the the probably a pretty large majority of the MTSU students and community would be for renaming that building. Uh, 
For what? For what reason? I, I think first of all, the fact that he really didn't have anything to do with the university. He did it with the community, but not necessarily the university. The university has a lot of of you know ROTC heroes of their own mm -hmm. that certainly would be um, someone that a, a, a different could be named for. Uh, and then I, th I think a lot of people understand how it makes the our students of color how it makes them feel, and so that's you know, uh, that's I think the opinion that I get most of the time. Um, well, it's kind of like Andrew Jackson, trail of tears and all those sure. things. The thing that the uh, Indian tribes had to go through was probably as bad or worse than any other ethnic group. No. But we're, we're one nation. We all should uh, just pretty much get to the fact that we, ne we need to have to work together. My uh, uh, history teacher always said the strength of the United States is that all ethnic groups have great talents to give to this country, yeah. and, and that's what makes our country great. We can't be pulling apart all the time. And as history will, I, I, I wish I could look 200 years from now in what the history is going to say about us during this particular time with all of the anger and disrespect that we're showing across the country. That really bothers me. Yeah, we, we've got to find ways to pull together. And, and, and I think we continue to make progress. And uh, what I'm doing when I leave here, Truman, for my, um, my American government class today, is uh, we are, we've been studying civil rights. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give them each a folder of civil rights letters to Albert Gore Sr. Mm -hmm. from Tennesseans in 1964. Tennesseans yeah. telling him how he should vote on that bill. And when they sit down and they read those, they do learn that we're not, we're not doing as well as we could, but we're doing better than we were then. And we still, these are from, these are from folks um, generally telling Gore not to vote for the bill mm -hmm. and sometimes in very very explicit terms and then there's people saying why he should and, and it but it's a really good eye-opener of where we were as a country with race and those things you know 50 plus years ago and, and where we are now and it does it does I think help my students understand that change is slow and that it's best that we do work together and that we're doing better at it now than we did. So. I'm not sure we are. I, we are. As far as race and those things go. All right, all right. let's are. take this. This yeah. country was built for all of us. Yeah. It doesn't matter which ethnic group or anything like that. The United States is built for all of us. This, the Star-Spangled Banner. That is our national song, right. and we all honor that as a group. Right. Now you've got another ethnic group that's got their own uh, national music, and does that mean that uh, the Italians, the, the Irish, and every, every nationality that they came from is going to have their own uh, uh, 
Star Spangled Banner song? Are, are well, we going to do we've, that? We've always tried to uh, recognize diversity from, uh, you know. From, but not when it starts tearing things it apart. It shouldn't tear it apart. And but it, it, it is. Should, we, we all should be able to keep our identity, but also we should all understand that we come together as Americans, and, and that is our flag, that is our national anthem. And I think that happens. It, 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 I understand it gets pushed too far for some of us sometimes, but we've always tried to, to wreck it from the, from the immigrants early in our country. You would have the Italian section of New York, the Norwegian. The, Every and, major city, yeah, they all live in different cities. Yeah, and they, and they kept some of their culture, um, but they still, overall, the number one thing is they're Americans. And, and that's, what, that's the attitude we've got to have with everyone. And we're going to, whether it's a political, you know, I, I, we've talked about race a lot right now. But I, I tell my students, you know, you can't talk about politics now without talking about everything you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table. You, you talk about race. You talk about uh, religion. Uh, you know, you talk about how what you think of these, you know, you just, but you can't talk about it without doing that because so much of politics is sociology now uh, and where we live, how often we go to church, what our race is, all of those things. And, and to understand it, you know, you, that's what you talk about. <laughs> I tell them, I tell them, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's coming up, you know, uh, next what, almost next month, and I tell them before tell, they tell them, tell them what not to do I at do, the dinner but table. But I tell them, Truman, I says at the dinner table, don't even tell them you're taking this class because <laughs> it'll just lead you down a bad road. Uh, so yeah, you, it's all the things you shouldn't discuss at the Thanksgiving table. See, I never understood that when I was a kid. And, and Mama, she's the one that made the rule. You do not talk religion, and you do not talk yeah. uh, about uh, political things. Yeah. But but inevitably, we would get there <laughs> because those are things that uh, affect you directly as, as you go through life uh, and affects your friendship. And and. The one thing that I think that hurt this country more than anything else as far as everybody getting along was when they did away with the draft. Because when yeah. they had the draft, people from all walks of life were drafted, mm -hmm. and you were put in barracks with people that were nothing like you right. from all types of uh, uh, places, ethnic groups, or whatever. And it was an education for all of us, yeah. we learned how other people lived, and and uh, we wanted. I, I I had one guy that he and I were best friends, and uh, uh, he he told me when we went out uh, in the Louisiana area that he couldn't go with us, and I couldn't understand it. I did, I had no idea what he was saying, but he finally was able to say that some of these places he wasn't welcome in. And then I had the same uh, situation in North Carolina and South Carolina. And I tried my best to make him go with us. And he said, Truman, he said, I just can't do it. And, and, and another one from another group, uh, he had the same problem in South Carolina. So, uh, Stuff that we it, couldn't it, even it, understand. Yeah, yeah. and it, it was a great education for me. Yeah. And when they did away with it, 
we lost a lot of that. And and uh, to get along with people, you have to be with them yeah. and understand them. Amen. It, yeah, it, 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 rather than to have a stereotype of who that is, yeah. you know them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's I, I saw that a lot in um, the, the congressional office with uh, especially churches that would be working with Hispanic and Latino communities. Yeah. Would really went out of their way, got to know the people, and they would come in, and their attitudes were far, far different than maybe what a lot, what some other people who didn't know the communities were. So yeah. it, it is a very, very... Uh, getting to know someone is the best thing to do, and that's the best thing we talked about at the first. That's the best thing we can do to get along with people with different beliefs is get to know the person, get to, you know, get to know why they believe that way. Yeah. Sometimes they have a reason for it. You know, sometimes it makes sense. Um, but uh, you gotta, you gotta know the person and don't let this, all this politics split people up. You know, yeah. I know several families, Truman, that are split up over politics. Oh right yeah, now. I know. And it's just not worth it. I tell you what would probably help this country more than anything. If, uh, you and I could sit down and uh, do our opinions on all that's going on and uh, let uh, our President Biden vote on which one that he's going to put on his teleprompter. <laughs> and See, but, but we you, don't want it to, the words to be too large you can, now. You can only, we don't want to be. <laughs> you can only behave for a few minutes at a I'm time. I'm sorry. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, that. that that clock was rock. But that guess clock. what? <laughs> we stay friends no matter what. That's right. That's and and right. It, it does. And if th those people in Washington could do the same thing, they're supposed to be smarter than us. So uh, let them find the, the uh, answer to all of those particular things that are happening right now. Yeah, and and we've got to let them do that. We we can't we can't require partisan purity purity from uh, everyone we elect. Let them yeah. work with the other side. You think it's going to happen? Uh, not for a while. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Come I'm, on. I don't. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic on a lot of that right now. So we'll, we'll see what happens. What about that big bill that uh, our president is pushing right now? Infrastructure? Yes. It, uh, it, 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 there are too many things that aggravate one side or the other. Well, it's uh, the first of all, it's going to be the de the Democrats control their own destiny because yeah. Republicans are going to vote for it. Yeah. But the Democrats can't agree between the progressive or more liberals and the others. But eventually, the fear of failure will get them to pass a bill. It may it may be the end of the year. Whether it's good for us or not. Well, I think they think it's good for us, and it probably part. It depends on. And Joe Manchin is from West Virginia's kind of got his foot on the brake on some of it. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things both sides, even the Republicans, support, and maybe there would be a few Republican votes on that. But it's it's not so much the first one; it is is the second one that's larger and does other things. But the Democrats aren't going to leave there. I don't think failing to pass a bill because. They're all up for re-election next year in the House and a third of the senators. So that's just not they, – they, they'll have to get – the progressives and the moderates will have to figure things out. Is being a Democrat or being a Republican just name only, is that a good thing for this country or a negative thing? Because 
parties seem to have the power rather than the individuals. Yeah, you know, George Washington was against political parties because he thought they'd be too divisive. Yeah. And, I, you know, if you look at what's happening now, it's pretty divisive. It, neither side is always right. Just if you, if you think your side is always right, you're wrong. Yeah. Well, we saw that on local elections here. Yeah. Um, parties had all the strength. People had none because they were not voting for the candidates. Right. They were voting for the party. Right. And it's a lazy. Way I, to saw, vote. I saw. I saw a lot. I saw yeah. a lot of that in what's going on. Yeah, it's it's a lazy way to vote, but you need to know the person and their stances and understand that your party's candidate is not always going to be the best one. Yeah, that's what really worries me right now more than anything is the strength of the party as opposed to the people actually yeah. voting for the pro the right candidate, you yeah. might say. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to get out of here. Uh, I think we're, yeah, we're about to have another activity. <laughs> must be a bunch of Democrats coming here voting us out of here. <laughs> All right. Guys, we will see you in the morning at 9. NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.